Hey, I'm Austin, and welcome to the Valley Point Podcast. This week kicks off our brand new series, Real Home. One of the greatest opportunities in life is to be part of something that will outlast oneself. Sunday, February 2nd through Sunday, March 16th, we will follow the incredible journey of Nehemiah as he risked it all, joining together with others to initiate an effort that would outlast them all. Together, we begin a journey at Valley Point Church towards a new home. Don't miss out on this incredible time. and Don't miss out on this opportunity to be a part of something that will outlast us all. Here's our big idea for today. It's just two words, and that is let's finish. Okay? Let's finish. We've been on this journey of pursuing our future real home for seven weeks now, and it's time that we finish. I'm really thankful that you're here today, and I'm just excited to see what God is going to do through each and every one of us as we take this big step of faith and we seek to finish. A couple of weeks ago, we did something that was kind of fun where I passed out cards, and on the cards it said, 50 years from now. I hope Valley Point, and I just wanted everybody to dream and envision what might be able to happen around here in 50 years. And some of you actually handed in your cards, and I want to share a few of these with you. One person said, 50 years from now, I hope Valley Point has many generations of each of our families still attending and keeping alive what we started Another person said, 50 years from now, I hope Valley Point can open up a time capsule that we bury during construction, and the capsule contains all of these cards with our hopes written on them. It's a great idea, isn't it? Someone else said, 50 years from now, I hope Valley Point will be the center of hope and love with God being brought to people in the future as it is today. And I love this exercise, and I want you to keep dreaming about what God can do through you and through us. I want us to keep dreaming about what God can do through this faith community. Today is a very special day where we have this wonderful opportunity to make some commitments that will determine what our future looks like. And before we get into all of that, and before we jump into Nehemiah chapter 6, which is the paragraph that we're going to unpack today, I want to take just a few moments and share a few things that have been on my heart. First of all, I just want to say I love you, and I consider it an honor and a privilege to be your pastor. And I'm not just saying that because I'm supposed to say it, and this is the Sunday to say those kinds of things. I'm saying that because it's true. I love you, and I'm deeply, deeply honored by the privilege of serving you this way. I also want to let you know that I'm very proud of you. I'm proud of Valley Point Church and what's happening around here and the momentum that we have and the generosity that has already taken place. Just so proud of what's happening here. I was in Starbucks this past week and I ran into a couple of friends who were there at the same time and they had friends with them that I had never met before. And so they were quick without hesitation to say, hey, this is Eric and he's the pastor of Valley Point Church and I love when people introduce me that way to their new friends because I have the chance to talk about our church. And so in that moment with someone that I didn't know, a couple of different people, I just had the opportunity to talk 
about how proud I am of you, the people of Valley Point Church. This is just an amazing place, and again, I'm proud of you. And then I also want to let you know that I'm just excited about this next step that we're taking for a future real home, a brand new campus, a new tool where we'll have the opportunity to reach many people that maybe we're not able to reach right now, and I'm thrilled to be on this journey with you. So I love you, I'm proud of you, and I'm really excited about taking this next step together. So for the past several weeks, what we've been doing is walking through the book of Nehemiah and the opening chapters, and what we've discovered is that Nehemiah is an individual that God used in some really big ways. Today we're going to walk through different parts of chapter 6, and so if you have a Bible or a smart device, you can turn there, and we're going to walk through several different verses that just kind of talk about how they were able to do something very unique. And this is a very powerful chapter. And here's why it's powerful. It's because they finished. They did it. They started this whole project with a goal of rebuilding and repairing the wall around Jerusalem. And when we get to chapter 6, we discover that they are actually able to finish, and it's a big deal. They completed their project in 52 days which is remarkable. And I'm going to come back to that in just a little bit and talk about the significance and the enormity of this group of people finishing and repairing this wall in 52 days. But I wanted to share that now so you can just begin thinking about how incredible that really is. Here's what I want for us today. I want us to be able to walk out of here in a few moments with just an overwhelming sense That God's got us. All right? That's what I want for everybody. That as we take this significant step of faith, this bold step, and do something that is really kind of challenging, that God's got us and that we can just kind of rest in that and step back and have a level of peace with the fact that God is holding us and that we're going to be able to finish. What's unique about this is that in a real way, and and I want you to hear this and think about it for a second, we're moving from here, which is where we're at right now, to there, which is our Bethel Road campus, and a new facility that will be there. We're moving from here to there. And I want to define here as the current status of our organization. That's really what here is about. And let me just tell you, the current status of our organization is good and healthy and strong and God is growing us and there is momentum and energy and generosity in this place. Here is the current status of our organization, but here isn't home. And there really is better. So here's how we're going to define there. It's the new and improved reality that maximizes benefits and mitigates the limitations of the past. So here is good. It's okay, and God is using us, but there is better because it is a real home, and it mitigates the limitations of the past. It opens up all kinds of new opportunities for us to chase what God wants for us. So as we walk through Nehemiah chapter 6, I want you to think about how we're on a real journey from here, the current status of our organization, which is good. 
but it could be better as we move to there, a place that mitigates the limitations of the past. So we're going to hang out in Nehemiah chapter 6 today, and it's a wonderful chapter. And I'm not going to read every single verse, and so I would encourage you at some point today or this week just to go back and walk through all of the different verses that are there. But what we're going to discover is that there are three characteristics, there are three marks of a team that finishes. And that's what we see with Nehemiah and the group that he was leading, and it's what we want for us as well. So we want to finish. That's what our big idea is. Let's finish. And we find this happening in Nehemiah chapter 6. So we're going to look at these three different marks of a team that finishes. And I want to let you know, not only can you use this here in our church setting, but you can use this at home. You can use this at school. You can use this in your business. And so if you find yourself leading teams of any kind, you want them to finish. You want them to accomplish. You want them to be productive. And so I would encourage you to take these principles and these thoughts and apply them to your team. You might not be able to use every single one, but I think there's probably a couple that you can pull and use with your team so that they can finish as well. All right, so let's think about the three characteristics. Here we go. Number one, a team that finishes has a compelling purpose. You could also say that they have a compelling reason for existing. They're able to answer the why. Why are we here? Why do we exist? Why are we doing this? Why now at this particular point in time? And a team that finishes is clearly able to communicate that we have a very compelling purpose. This is something that Nehemiah definitely had. And again, if you want to turn to Nehemiah chapter 6, I'm going to begin reading with verse 1. It says this, Samballot, Tobiah, and Geshem the Arab, and the rest of our enemies found out that I had finished rebuilding the wall, and that no gaps remained, though we had not yet set up the doors in the gates. So Samballot and Geshem sent a message asking me to meet them at one of the villages in the plain of Ono. But I realized that they were plotting to harm me. Nehemiah's a smart guy. He knew what they were up to because they had tried to kill him before. So this is all a plot to harm him. And so Nehemiah replied by sending this message to them. I am engaged in a great work. So I can't come. Why should I stop working to come and meet with you? So imagine this for a moment. The work is pretty much done. In 52 days, it's repaired and restored, and there's a few finishing pieces that still remain to be done on the wall, but it's primarily done. And we talked a couple of weeks ago about how Nehemiah and the group there and the different teams had a real enemy. And it's Samballot and Tobiah and Geshem and a group of others that did not want to see a repaired and a rebuilt Jerusalem. That meant bad things for them. And so they did everything within their power to demoralize Nehemiah and God's people to keep them from completing the project. But what we found out along the way is that Nehemiah and the people, they had a heart and an enthusiasm to get the work done. I mean, they were just committed to it. And so even in the middle of all of this stuff that was coming their way and people trying to hurt them physically, they're able, as we discover here in chapter 6, 
to complete the wall. And so Sam Ballot and Tobiah and, and Geshem, you know they're very discouraged by this because they don't want to see the wall rebuilt. And so they got one last attempt here to kind of get Nehemiah to stop. And so they send him a party invitation. Hey, Nehemiah, why don't you come and hang out with us in the plains of Ono? And we'll just have a little party maybe to celebrate what's happening here. And Nehemiah gets the party invitation and he opens it up and he's like, these guys are crazy because just a few minutes ago they were trying to kill me and now they want to party and celebrate with me. And they want me to meet them in the plain of Ono. And Nehemiah responded and said, oh, no, yeah. It's a little play on words there to keep you awake. So Nehemiah's like, forget about it. I'm not going to do that. I've got a responsibility here. I've got this passion deep inside of me, and God has called me to do this. And what Nehemiah does next, I think, is absolutely brilliant because he attaches his response to purpose. Here's what he said, verse 3. I am engaged in a great work, and so I can't come. Why should I stop working to come and meet with you, you losers? Like, that's not actually there, but I think he might have been thinking about that at that particular moment because he knew their real intentions were to kill him. So Nehemiah said, no. Look, here's my purpose. God has called me to this great work. And I have this dream of seeing my hometown rebuilt and restored, and so I'm not going to come off of this wall. I will not stop this great work to meet with you. Valley Point, I want you to know, we're doing a great work. And it's okay to long for a home. God is with us. So let's not stop. We're doing a great work for God. And it's okay to long for a real home. God is with us. So let's not stop. All right, Valley Point Church, we're doing a great work for God. And it's okay to long for a real home. God is here. He's with us and he's working and he's challenging us and moving us and developing and growing us. So let's not stop. Nehemiah refused to let that happen and here's what we read in verse 9. They were just trying to intimidate us, imagining that they could discourage us and stop the work. So here's what I did. I just continued the work with even greater determination. And a team that finishes, boy, they have a compelling purpose. And I just want to remind you that we're here to build a real home for God, where his name can be lifted up and he can be great. It's for others, for those who aren't even here yet, who need a faith home so they can discover and hear about a God who loves them and has a specific purpose for their lives. And it's for me, it's for us, where we can deepen our own friendship with God and with others. It's a compelling purpose. And teams that finish, they have that out in front of them. Nehemiah had it, and they were able to complete the work. And I believe God is going to do the same for us. What else? Well, a team that finishes also has continual prayer. Verse 14 says, Remember, oh my God, and this is Nehemiah praying here, 
And he's saying, remember all the evil things that Tobiah and Sanballat have done. And remember Noadiah the prophet and all the prophets like her who have tried to intimidate me. Just another prayer of Nehemiah in the middle of this great campaign. And in all of the business and everything that he's trying to accomplish, we find him once again praying. What is so interesting about Nehemiah the book and Nehemiah the person and the leader is that we constantly find him praying. It's like over and over and over again he's praying. As a matter of fact, there are nine different occasions where he prays throughout the book. Right away, it all begins with Nehemiah receiving some bad news that it bothers him and it disturbs him and he immediately begins to pray. And then he's got to go before the king and he prays again and asks God to give him success with that king. And then we find him in Jerusalem and he's building and the enemy comes and tries to distract and discourage. And once again, Nehemiah is on his knees praying nine different times. We find Nehemiah praying and he's just on his knees before God. And they were intense prayers. It was a lot more than rub-a-dub-dub, thanks God for the grub. Right? Like it was a whole lot deeper than that because he was desperate. And he really needed God to come through for him. I've often wondered, was Nehemiah just a really spiritual guy? Like a great spiritual leader who was always praying? Like, oh, there's Nehemiah again. He's praying, and that's just what Nehemiah does, and always praying again. And wow, what a great guy he is, and I wish I could pray as much as him. And oh, he's praying again, and that's just Nehemiah being Nehemiah. It's possible he was that kind of leader, but here's what I think happened. I think he got a burden on the inside of his heart that he just couldn't shake. Just a deep, deep burden on the inside that he could not let go of. And that burden caused him to step into something that only God could get him out of. And when he got into that spot where only God could help him, it was there that he really began to pray and reach out. Like, help! God, I'm overwhelmed and I'm drowning here. And that's when Nehemiah really began to reach out. So it started with this burden in his heart that he couldn't shake, and then he stepped into something that only God could help him with. I want to let you know, I think as a church, we've done a pretty good job of praying in this process And that has been so encouraging to me. Even before the campaign began, way back, the end of 2013, we put out a 15-day prayer journal and asked everybody, just grab that, pray these prayers, ask God to work in and through us and to open up doors and to make this thing a reality. A lot of people prayed over that, and we prayed corporately as well during that 15-day time frame. And then the campaign began, and we had another seven days of prayer. We had fasting, where we gave up some things, and we continued to pray. We've prayed for water and sewer. We even had prayer events on our property, where a whole bunch of people came out just to get together so that we could pray on our property for God to use that piece of land and to use us in the process, where we're just saying, God, we're available, we're ready Use us. We want generosity to lead the way. I think we've stepped into something that only God can get us out of. Without God, we're in trouble here. And that was Nehemiah. 
and that feeling of being overwhelmed and intimidated by others and doubt. God, can we do this? Drove him to continually pray. And I want to let you know, I think one of the things that has been the best part of this campaign, by far, one of the best parts of this campaign has been that we have had more times of prayer, both corporately and privately, than ever before. And I want you to know, listen, God loves, 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 loves when his children pray. I mean, he just loves that. And that puts a huge smile on his face. And so if you've been praying more as a result of this campaign, and you've been asked to do that, and so you've been taking booklets and you've been reading those things or just praying on your own, fantastic, great job. And keep that going because we're going to need more prayer as we move from here to there. And God just loves it. He absolutely loves it when his kids pray. A team that finishes, I believe one of the things that they have is just continual prayer. And that's been encouraging to watch around here. What else? Well, a team that finishes has courageous persistence. Like they're just ready to make it happen. They're just courageous with how they go about the process. One of the things that I really haven't shared a lot of is the different details about the wall that was actually rebuilt. And the reason I haven't done that is because there's not a lot of detailed information that would describe the actual wall. I was able to come across a few things, and I want to share it with you, because it just speaks of how incredible this project actually was, and how God was able to use this group of people in a pretty amazing way. So the wall encompassed about 90 acres. 41 building crews worked on 42 different sections of the wall that would have been about two miles in length. It may have been as high as 39 feet and as thick as eight feet. So while we don't know all of the details of this wall, this is a lot bigger than the fence in your backyard. All right, it just is. And it was designed to protect and it it was designed to keep bad people out. And probably the best part of all is what we discover here in verse 15. So on October 2nd, The wall was finished just 52 days after we had begun. And when our enemies and the surrounding nations heard about it, they were frightened and humiliated. They realized this work had been done with the help of our God. And I believe they were able to accomplish that without modern equipment, without modern sophistication, without modern engineering, that they were able to do something that significant because they had courageous persistence. So teams that finish, here's what marks them. Here's their characteristics. They have a compelling purpose, continual prayer, and a courageous persistence. So it's time now just to wrap this up with some commitments. And I want to let you know that I believe God wants us to move from here to there. I believe God wants us to move from here to there. And so we just have one takeaway today, and that is let's finish. All right, we're here. We have climbed the mountain. We have worked hard, and we've had a great time along the way, and we've seen God do some incredible things already. And it's time now to finish. Let me talk to you about what this next moment is going to look like. In your program, you have a 
commitment card and an envelope. And maybe you came and you already filled that out. That's wonderful. What I'm going to ask is if you're ready to do this, that you'd take your commitment card and you would place it in the envelope and then seal that if it's already filled out. And we want you to put it in the envelope so that there's some privacy that surrounds this. If you're just now beginning to think about what you want to put down, I'd encourage you to take some time right now, and I'm going to give you time to do that, to fill this out. Be sure that your name is down so that we have that available for us as well. And then you can just begin thinking about what God might be whispering in your heart. And then in just a moment, we're going to take our commitment cards that are placed in the envelopes, and I'm going to stand us up, and we're going to pray, and we're going to worship And then you're going to be dismissed by rows, and you'll be able to make your way to the front to the different real home displays. You can see there are some mailboxes here. It's kind of an item you have at home, and the flag is up because we want God to take this, and we're going to deliver it to him. And so we're going to open those mailboxes, and you'll be able to take your envelope with the commitment card inside and just place it right in that mailbox and then return to your seat. I also want to let you know, if you've got a connection card, you can bring that up with you and place that in the mailbox. If you have another offering to share that's not part of Real Home, you can take that and place it in the mailbox as well. Just know that anything placed inside the Real Home envelope will go toward our Real Home campaign. I want to be clear about that. If you're here for the very first time, I'm thankful that you're here. And I want you to know there's no expectation for you to do anything at all than just enjoy this moment. This service, this experience is our gift to you, and I hope that you've had a good time. And I'd encourage you just to enjoy seeing generosity in motion. This is our church family time. And just enjoy watching people get really generous before God. If you're not ready to step out yet, you're not ready to do that, that's perfectly fine. We want everybody to be comfortable with whatever it is that God is asking of you. I want to let you know on uh, the way out, there will be ushers at the door, and you can take your commitment card, your connection card, and anything else you have to share, and there will be baskets at the door, and you can do that on your way out as well. So that's kind of how this moment is going to work. And I just want to encourage us, let's think about being a team that finishes. Will you stand with me? Let's just pray together. God, we step into this moment and we're very thankful for the journey you've taken us on. It's a journey to a real home, from here to there. And God, you have been so good to this church over its 42-year history. You've done some incredible things, and God, we're standing now on the shoulders of those who began this church so many years ago, and we're ready to take another bold step of faith. God, I pray that you give us the courage to do just that and to be obedient to whatever it is that you've placed on our hearts. Now, this is really a fun day where we're just being open and ready to do what you ask of us. God, it's really exciting to see the kids kind of lead the way with generosity, and, and they've done an incredible job, and that childlike faith is really just uh, an amazing thing to watch. 
how simple it is and how willing they are to share and to give. God, sometimes we grow up and we become mature. We figure things out. And we move away from that childlike faith. We get distracted. Things happen to us. And we can so easily talk ourselves out of sharing and being generous. I know that's happened to me recently. And you just begin to wonder, God, is that really what you want? Is that really what you're asking of me? Because this is happening and I just don't see it and I'm not sure. But yeah, God, for me and for everybody in this room, I just want us to be obedient to you. And that's going to mean all kinds of different things for everybody here. You're not asking us all to do the same thing. But I think you're whispering and you're tugging on our hearts to simply be generous, whatever that looks like for us. So God, as we move now and as we walk through this time, God, would you help us just to be open to you? And help us to enjoy worshiping and responding to you this way and being part of a generous, life-changing community. Bless us now, we do pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thanks for listening. We'd also love to have you join us on any Sunday morning at the Garnet Valley Middle School at 9.15 or 11 a.m.